Because you want to live in the forefront of your times, in ideals and in sacrifice, you have elected this. Live from Mad Rivers Boulevard, it's Paul and Rage! That's as high as my voice can go, Rage, because again, I'm a little sorry, but I'm touching you! Yay! We're Scissor. in the... Oh, we we're in the same same room. Yeah, I can't talk and do this. I'm not my girl. <laughs> You're back. We're in the same room. I missed oh, you. Missed you too, brother. You know what else is really nice? We can say things at the same time, and it doesn't cut out audio. <laughs> What, what, what do you mean? Skype is good, but it's not perfect. Yeah, and look, I know, and thank you, thank you. We got the emails of all of those sort of super tech heads saying, what you've got to do is use this app. <laughs> we press record. Yeah. And as we've said before, Rach quite often forgets where to put the headphone jack. Yeah, no idea. You know, I've barely got time just to even put the headphone jack in. That's it, exactly. <laughs> the most I do is a thing called auto heal on oh. the program that I use to edit the podcast. I don't know what it does, but... <laughs> <laughs> Healing is good, right? How's your week been, beautiful? Uh, it has been not too bad. I've worked straight through. I'm doing a bit more uh, of the old supervising at afters and things like that. So I'm in that stage where everybody keeps saying, how was your weekend? And I just keep saying, have we had one? Sorry, <laughs> it, um, it's the seven day a week of the freelance lifestyle yeah. where Monday comes around and you're like, you know what, sometimes I have my weekend on a Tuesday. Yeah, you know, correct. that's how we roll sometimes. At 10.30 on a Wednesday, I'm in the old nail salon getting my nails done with the other no-overs. <laughs> but there's something about the middle of the week days off that oh. I just love. Now, not to do your banking, I mean, whatever. I love living a life at a pace that is the opposite of everyone else. You know that fun feeling you have if you ever happen to be going to work in the opposite direction of the traffic. Oh, right? the best. Okay, that is the feeling I try to bring to life. So I love staying out super late at night because mm. no one's around. Yeah. I like doing lots of busy stuff, you know, uh, uh, on the weekend and I like doing lots of fun stuff during the week because no one's doing it. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, especially in the industry that we work in because you're usually on the road outside of nine to five hours. You know, it's very rare that you will do a show that requires you to be in peak hour traffic at the beginning of the end of the day and then you get into peak hour traffic and you think... People do this shit yeah, every day. What, what is this? And also that thing where, and you know, hopefully we're part of your uh, you know, peak hour sanity, whichever <laughs> way it happens to be. But then politicians stand up and have the arrogance to say, oh, you know, we want to have a 30-minute commute. Do you know what you would have to do yeah. to change Australia into a 30-minute commute? Yeah. When inevitably lots of industry wants to be next to lots of industry, even though the internet means you don't have to be. Like if you wanted to be, you could go and set up in Burke. Mm. But somehow I think Google's not about to set up there with their pool tables and <laughs> table tennis for their kids. And scooter cupboard for oh, you to put your scooter in. Stop it. Uh, now, I want to ask you on the topic of politics. You had quite a big night on the LPM Live last night. Uh, Tony Abbott was on. You oh, also yeah. had the crossbenchers. And I just wanted to, to go specifically to hone in, to, in on some Glenn Lazarus gear. <laughs> now, I, I don't know. We've never spoken about Glenn Lazarus before, so I'm not sure of what your opinion of the man is. And I'm sure he's an absolutely delightful bloke. I'm waiting for you to say, but. But? Oh, yeah, I, was so, <laughs> I thought it was so evident. Yes, but. Here we go. She's laid the groundwork. Here comes the hit. You know what? Everybody knows he played footy. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know whether at the end of every sentence 
he needs to put in a football analogy or to say it's like that little kid in the backyard footy game who won't give the ball back, you yeah, know, yeah, or, yeah. you know, tell us what your lunch was like. Oh, it's like the guy that comes out at halftime to bring the oranges. Mate, just once answer a question. It's like somebody's told him, now don't you ever let anybody forget you're the bloke from the footy. Uh, I don't think it's, I don't think it's physically possible to. You have yeah. a look at the bloke. There's no <laughs> doubt this is a former footy player. You're a thousand percent right. Mm. Polly's love being on message, and his <laughs> yeah. message seemed to be I played footy. Yeah. It didn't matter what we were talking about. It was a lot of just, oh, you know, no, no, no. And, and also sort of he's got this thing at the moment where, look, obviously this is not the podcast of Double Dissolution, yeah. but still. Is Please, it, Double D, as uh, you've been referring to it. Well, cause, <laughs> I can't hear those words come out of your mouth and think of something else. Well, correct, but I also think that I keep mispronouncing Double Dissolution. Right, because it's the dissolving of a house, right? Yeah. But then it becomes disillusion, and then I'm trying to think in my oh. head whether I've just so okay. every every time I say double D, it's just personal doubt, which is saving me from the inevitable mispronouncing of this word. Right. Okay, I get you because I feel that kind of stuff all the time, and I'll say things, I'll find my way around saying certain things because I think I'm getting them wrong, and then later you realise, no, 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 you were saying it right. Well, it's like you know how the world will will judge you to be uh, official. It doesn't matter who and what you are. You are smart or you are not on how you pronounce. Nuclear. Oh, yeah. Right? I always get it wrong. I always have a little bit of self doubt. I always have a little bit of. It's like, you know, when you were learning your signature for the first time and you could only get halfway through before you go, "Ah, which way does it go? Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, which I think is actually a writing difficulty. (laughs) You're listening to Paul and Rach. The Easter show's on at the moment, P. Murray. Oh, happy, happy day. <laughs> I always forget it's on because uh, I think if you don't have kids and you're outside of the, you know, we at 16, 17 used to go out there because it was kind of the place where you got to um, pash boys in the zipper when your mum couldn't see. Oh, dad would dog me. <laughs> um, very hard to pash somebody when you're uh, flopping upside down. But, um, you know, when you don't have kids and you're kind of in your sort of 30s, you don't really notice that it's on. But I've realised that the Easter show is a magical place for a number of reasons. It's very great for the kids, but I think it is the breeding ground for businesses that for 50 weeks of the year have absolutely nowhere to sell their products and no market. But all of a sudden, come the Easter show, there are people who want a mould of their hand doing a peace sign. Yeah, you correct, know? There correct. are people who want purple wigs. There yeah. are people who want stuff that you could not sell anywhere else. But at the Easter show. I just find it amazing that there are that many Show bags that oh, there are yeah. that there's that much around because it costs a lot for the companies to do it, and it's increasingly smaller and smaller returns. I feel like in these days of economic crises, perhaps the way to encourage people to spend in small business or big business or wherever is to just put a fence around uh, certain sections of the community and throw some <laughs> barnyard animals in there and let people loose because there's something about the environment. Perhaps it's the fumes from the cow shit that makes people turn. <laughs> around and buy shit they have absolutely no use for. I've gone in there as well. It's like, oh, you, it's fun. It's another it's, world. Yeah, it's like fun money. It's like, this isn't real money. I can go over there and buy that string of beads that I'll never wear again. Or so. I feel like there's something that the government could be tapping into here that could be say, able to save the economy. So you think a fence-based economy <laughs> yes. would be the way for us to come back? Yes, or the, I think that the barnyard animals do have something to do with it. It's though. the thing, the ability to go and pat something. Yeah. See, we think about this, that it's like, we've gone, oh, we should we should take Asha. Mm. So why? Well, she can't walk yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, what a great idea. Let's go and push a pram around with 100,000 people 
Are you one of those people who gets blown away by the fruit and veg state-by-state displays? You know, I'm going to tell you something here, Rach. As the years have rolled on, yes, I do. Like in the old days, I used to be, oh, how is this a whole thing? Oh, what's a problem? Oh, just just get me on the the rides. All I want to do is just go and, you know, pet a bat. But now I turn around and go, look at what they've done. And then I talk to the people and say, so where did those cherries come from? (laughs) And then what's the... I've slowly become that guy. Yes. It's the grey in the beard. Yeah, oh, wow, that really is like a proper grey hey, hey, spot. Every time you point out your moustache, I don't <laughs> respond, oh, wow. Hit the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. Another phenomena about the Easter show and why you forget, Rach, mm. is the bigger story here. Help me out. On the 25th of December, we are all pretty damn sure that that's the day that baby Jesus was born. Yeah. How is his death a movable feast? I've never, ever understood how mm. we are We are set in stone, and I know it's pagan, rah, 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 mm. but we're set in stone. This was the day he was born, okay? Mm-hmm. North Star, you know, frankincense, myrrh, all of that business. Yeah. But... It's not an insignificant event. Not to mention the bit where he just whizzes up to heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Not to mention that surprising bit where he rolls the stone away. And there's there's a lot that flows on here. This is why people pretend that simply pushing a kid out is a miracle. (laughs) Because that's the one that seemingly we put more attention into rather than, as you say, death and floating. So the idea is, I'm assuming, that whenever Jeebus died, it must, for our purposes, now fall on a weekend. Oh, absolutely. that's why the date <laughs> goes around. Well, but and then there's also this this modern phenomena of okay, Good Friday. Uh, so that's the day he dies. You know, he's in behind the rock on the Saturday. He mm. rolls it away on the Sunday, mm. and then what? Took a day off on the Monday. <laughs> Want to stay in touch? Head to the website paulandrach.com.au. Rach, talking about the Easter show before, oh, it reminds me, one of the greatest moments of parenting my father ever did. Yeah. Oh, so good, so good. When the Easter show in Sydney used to be at Moore Park, you know, where the SCG, SFS is, where it should be. I loved it there. I understand it's a space issue or whatever it's gone on, but it's never felt like the Easter show since it left that joint. Let's be honest, it could go back there. There's a lot of space there now. Mm. <laughs> every time you go, you could fire a cannon in every <laughs> yeah. direction. That's it, I know. I don't know how that love sack shop on the Fox Studio is still but surviving. It hasn't been there for 10 years. You know, they've got drugs in those love sacks. That's what's in them. <laughs> Allegedly. 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 <laughs> There's something dodge going on There's there. Something. I cannot believe there is a continual market for giant oversized beanbags that look partially like couches. Correct. <laughs> well, they just look like sort of just engorged balls. Yeah. Like something really bad's going on inside your plums. Very, very weird. But I'll never forget pissing down with rain and my mum's at my dad and we're really little. My mum's at my dad. You've got to take him to the Easter show. You've got to take him to the Easter show. Oh, come on, dude, bloody hell, I've got, you know, I've got fences to paint. Or whatever the heck <laughs> yeah. it was that he did apart from bring us up at that time. Yeah. Anyway, he turns around and <laughs> he goes, all right, so we hop in the Kingswood. We go to the uh, we go to the Easter show. We sit in the uh, the car park out the front of the of, of Moore Park. You drove, goodness! You were brave. We always were public transport kids. Oh, we we're very fancy. <laughs> anyway, then Dad turns around and says, "All right, kids, stay here. What do you want?" I said, "I want an eighteen bag." My brother says, "Oh, I want the army bag." All right, sit here. What? So he locks the door, goes off. Ten minutes later, comes back with our two bags, <gasps> throws them at us, and says, "You've been to the <laughs> Easter show." <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. I think there's a portion of the community that um, we don't talk terribly much about and I don't think that the, we are using their skills 
in the best way possible. Do we need to raise awareness with a ribbon? We certainly do. What colour? Um, I'm not sure of the colour, but the ribbon would be hastily applied and then quickly removed because this section of the community are the people who put up the DJ posters on light poles. Oh, so okay. What it is, is it's just a piece of paper, fluoro coloured, yeah. and there'd be sellotape around your exactly. shoulders. Exactly, and it needs to be swiftly taken off by a council worker. <laughs> so the thing about these guys is, I've watched a few around my area, they can go in pop up not just one poster, but they've got the double-sided poster. So they whip out two posters, they get them up on either side of the pole, they whiz the tape around, and they're on to the next one, lickety-split. Well done. These guys operate in a manner in which I think that they're being underutilised. They would have been perfect in your Osama Bin Laden situation, what, right? Seal Team 6? Yeah, Seal Team 6, right? <laughs> what, just sell a tape and a fluoro <laughs> so they come to the metro? <laughs> Because Diesel's playing. <laughs> Keep the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. Oh, I've got to make you sick for a second. Oh, please. I'm going to talk about something that I read the other day and it made me a little bit queasy. Did you read the article about the thing called Yoni Massage? No, what's this and why <sighs> am I getting it? Oh, you're certainly not getting it because you don't have... Oh, okay. Oh, so hang on. A Yoni massage. This is the rub and rub. We all know about a rub and tug for blokes. It's a rub and rub for ladies. But the thing about the rub and tug is that if you go to the rub and tug, you're seen as a filthy, despicable human being who has cheated on their partner if you have one. Oh, I wouldn't really cheat. Yeah, let's not get oh, into this. Okay, let's, let's get let's... into this. It is 100% a cheat. No way. Yes, it is. Please. Okay. Um, how is it a cheat? How is it a cheat? There's nothing intimate about it. There is something intimate. You've got somebody f***ing your no, 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 please, please, please. They are simply relieving the tension of the day. <laughs> Why do you want to make it sexual? Because they're grabbing onto your sex organ. No, 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 that's where you do we from. <laughs> this sounds like an argument you've carefully planned. I think 100% is cheating if it's, you go. It's no, the same I, as paying oh. for a prostitute. It's no, a it's sexual not, no, act. No, 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 no. Okay, paying for a prostitute involves some sort of insertiveness, right? I think that can be argued as cheating. Now, I'll be honest, I've never done one of these. But if you, if you go in and you just, and I imagine just go, hey, just do that to me. Maybe that might be a bit much, but I think there's other things involved. I think there's a massage. It's just part of the, you know, the release of tension from your from your ankles. But you could meet somebody in a club who could give you a two second massage and then give you, a y- and that would be cheating, right? Yeah, but that's again. This what, is hang on. What makes the difference? Ambient music. No, because and a because there's, no, there's no connection. There's a transaction. No, this is not a business. You could make that argument. You know what? You open this Pandora's box, then all of a sudden it applies to everything. You don't think strippers is cheating? No, I don't think strippers is cheating. I just think that touching of bits, if there is any kind of underpant mixing of hand, I think that that's cheating. Okay, what about when you get a Brazilian or laser? How's that not cheating? (laughs) What do you mean? Well, that's the whole point. A woman is stabbing my private bits with a red hot laser. We don't enjoy it. When we go to oh. a rub and tug, we are just <laughs> helping out our best friends. Okay, it's okay. called maintenance, okay. Rachel, and the small business women of Australia, oh, of course. Thank God, I won that one. <laughs> Want to stay in touch? Head to the website paulandrach.com.au.
So let's get to this Yoni massage. And and this is the thing where I will stand up a little bit for the blokes who go for the rub and tug. And that is purely to say that you are seen as a little bit uh, despicable if you go and get that. But if a woman goes and gets somebody to massage her private bits, it's seen as a sexual awakening or some kind of connection to her sexual being. Essentially, I was reading an article about a woman who went and had one of these done and, and the therapist was a female, but somebody basically sits in between your legs, oh. gets inside there and starts giving it a massage like your old mate down the tie road, like kneading out knots. What, sort of from the inside from out? From the inside out and Ooh. around. Oh! And this, uh, the way that I always have a bit of an issue, and you know this is coming from somebody who stood naked in the forest at a sweat lodge with a bunch of strangers. Like You know you bag this, six months later you're doing it. I am never. In six months you're going to do a course and you'll be an instructor in I, this. I, I will say here and now, and there are very few things that I will promise I won't do because you know me, I do change my mind every five seconds and there's always a new course to do. But I guarantee you will never find me in between a stranger's leg kneading out the knots in their Okay, fair call. Um, so I wanted to read you just the, the conclusion of this lady's uh, article about it. So she's talking about the following day after the massage. I felt emotional mm. all day. Mm. I even felt weird about the experience. No shit, you just had a woman <laughs> arm deep in your <laughs> The whole experience seemed quite unbelievable and surreal. I think this work is really important. Oh, now, am I the only one, by the way, listening to this podcast right now? You've talked about the Yoni massage. Mm. All I can think about is the Yanni massage, <laughs> oh, which is a Greek keyboards. bloke, and he's got two women. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. Rach, we're a little late to the party here, but there's an American sports uh, Sheila called Erin Andrews, mm-hmm. and... Um, she got Nikki New a few years ago. What does she play? Uh, the microphone. The microphone. Because she works she works for ESPN. She's oh. a, a commentating person. Oh, okay. She doesn't play sport, right? Now, now let's be honest. Before she went Nikki New, not a lot of people paid attention to her. Once she went Nikki New, it's gone poof, poof, poof. Now she's got a, a job over at Fox Sports, I think. Anyway, she got $100 million out of a court because she was able to successfully sue the hotel where somebody peeked through the hole... And filmed her through the hole, right? Oh, fair play. Okay. But how do you sue? It's not like the hotel. What could the hotel have done? You can, if you've gone into a hotel and there is a hole, I mean, I know that the hole's little and they're not going to go around inspecting all their walls for holes, but you go in there and I think I can wander around my hotel room nude and I'm not going to be seen by anyone. You certainly don't imagine that somebody next door is just old peepy eyes up to the hole filming you. No, 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 absolutely. But the strange thing about the video is... It's a little bit of an insight into what the naked lady who is by herself does. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily sexual, mm. but she's a lot of checking of oneself oh, going really? on, a lot of hair up, just a lot of how do my side muscles look? How does oh. the. Like, it's all. Really? Like, so whenever you're nude, do you. I mean, obviously, you just make sure everything's in place, make sure there's no lumps no. and bumps. I don't reckon standing in front of the mirror and doing a bit of hair up, checking around is a very natural thing. Have you got the video there? Can I just do a little bit of um, law and order? Here we go. So it's through a peephole, okay? Okay. So she's combing her hair. I've always found the idea of, I mean, I don't have long hair, but standing in front of the mirror combing your hair. No. I've never done that in my life. This is what I'm saying. This Is, the, is this an insight into the average lady? What's she doing checking her ass? That's what I'm saying. I mean, she's got a good bod. She's done well for herself. I mean, the worst thing you... There are much worse things you could have been sprung doing through the peephole of a uh, hotel room. I often don't... I don't mind a bit of nude dancing from time to time. 
Get the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. You know what you don't see a lot around town these days is spruiking. You know, you sort of bloke standing out the front of your dimmicks. That used to happen a lot. The guy at the fruit and veg shop yelling out for a tray of mangoes for 10 bucks or whatever. There was a guy that was doing it the other day at my local uh, grocery shop. And there really is an art to a good spruiker. Oh, absolutely. I have to say to anybody who is asked to step up in front of the microphone and do a bit of spruiking, repetition isn't the only thing. No, repetition or volume. Volume is not the key. And I just find, even though my supposed knowledge of how to speak into a microphone, I can find myself getting a little too loud in front of a microphone if there's peeps around because you just feel the need to sort of, hello everyone, is this loud enough? (laughs) Is this microphone on? There was a tray of strawberries, a number of trays of strawberries going for $7, which is, I mean, unbeatable prices, P. Murray, from from what the bloke was saying constantly. I'll take it from you. Yeah. The last thing I had that was strawberry was ice cream. <laughs> so this guy was spruiking his tray of strawberries and, my God, I wonder whether his approach was, you know what, I'm going to f*** these people off so bad that they have to buy my f- strawberries. Yeah, good, good, you know? good. I mean, Double swear. Yeah, I know I'm going <laughs> to irritate them so that they're like, I'm just going to buy you some strawberries to shut you the hell up. The thing about the screaming spruik is that you're aiming to get people in the door. And what a screaming spruik does is almost set up a force field around your place of business that kind of that people tend to avoid. Yeah, correct. The most attractive person to me in the room. Oh, thanks. Is you. Thank you. And the quietest one. Not necessarily a quietness that is a shyness, but a quiet confidence, right? Oh, so like like uh, like a butler. <laughs> you prefer the staff. Just be I, okay, I prefer just... the staff. I like somebody who sits there who doesn't need to yell and shout, who's quite quiet. The most effective form of spruiking for me would be to sit there completely in silence. <laughs> <laughs> and you would reward this quiet inner strength. <laughs> Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. Rach, I was in Melbourne on the weekend for the Grand Prix, which was a lot of fun. Oh, that's exciting. It was kind of awesome. It was great. Although, it is that thing where, as you know, I'm a big Holden man and I'm a bit of an old Holden man. But, of course, all the cars that are there, and not just on the racetrack, the, you know, all the brand new Mercedes, AMG, blah, 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 mm-hmm. and the Bentley and the Rover and the, all of this stuff. All of this stuff that is great to walk around, but they're all $120,000. Yeah. And I don't know, how are there that many people in the world, certainly Australia, at any one time i've got one hundred and twenty thousand dollars to spend on a car yeah it's it's really a, an excessive amount of money to spend on something you just drive to the shops well, or what do they do i mean there must be you know accountants obviously reworking leases all the time or i don't imagine you turn around and you go yeah i'd like the new bentley thanks yep bit of this bit of this look um, i'm looking to finance it like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> like is that an awkward conversation you have when it's a hundred grand the grand prix is the celebrity race still a thing no, but I wish. I've got to say, the only thing, I've never wanted to be famous, mm-hmm. but I dreamed of being famous enough to go in that one day. Oh, you're famous enough. Yeah. The guy that was spruiking the strawberries at my fruit shop is famous <laughs> enough. Sid the Spruker, <laughs> coming up on Nobody the Netballer. You're listening to Paul and Rach. But all over Melbourne, they're getting ready for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Of course. And there's the Sydney International Comedy Festival that's coming up sometime soon. And both of those have been events that I've always in my head gone, you know what, I really should go. Mm. I should really go one day. I should really go one day. I should really go one day. Uh, 
am I going to go one day? See, Will I, I go one day? The great thing about the Melbourne Comedy Festival is that it is right in the city. So when you are going around the streets of the city, you've got people flyering. It feels like it's exciting and interesting. In Sydney, it tends to happen out at Marrickville at the factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, which is a punish to get to in published transport. Nobody's driving past there unless you're living in Marrickville. It's just a bit out of the way. So it loses a little bit of the frisson well, and, of the Melbourne one. Well, and also, you know, at risk of being sort of, you know, too old school here, any time I've had the chance to go and see stand-up and seeing people who are the support act or the surprise act or, the you know, the, the cavalcade on the Saturday mm. night, I just don't see, you know, your Peter Burners. I don't see your yep. American Rossos. I don't see your Will Andersons. I don't see those people around anymore. Instead, I see Joel Christie. Creasy? Well, who's, oh, Joel Christie's <laughs> the one who writes in the paper, isn't he? Yeah, uh, I don't know. That's the whole point. Yeah. Is that, <laughs> but, you know what I mean? These people yeah. bounce around and go, now, look, I know I'm old, mm. so I'm not quite going to get all of your sort of instant Instagram references, mm. but dear God. You know, the thing about going and doing one of these festivals, I did the Adelaide Fringe Festival and that was a wonderful experience. I really did like that a lot. It's a great festival down there. But the thing about taking a show to Melbourne that's never really gotten me that jazzed is that I really don't want to put on one of those morph suits and walk down the main street of town uh, flyering. You know, you yeah. see everybody in a crazy wig flyering, come to my show, because if I'm silly enough to dress up in this, it must be hilarious. But hang on, surely just silence would sell your show, wouldn't it? <laughs> this is it. <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. You know what fascinates me? Oh, let me guess. Go. No, got nothing. <laughs> okay. No, pottery. I was going to go with pottery. pottery. I don't mind pottery. It's very interesting. Good how they can like put their hands in there and make a pot. I've only ever tried to make a pot and it's all isn't fallen that, Isn't that Yanni massage? <laughs> it is very, very Yanni massage. I'm always fascinated by people who have absolutely no control over their limbs. Oh. I'm a big Pilates fan and uh, I've been doing it for a number of years now and I understand when it's your first time in a class, you know, it takes a little getting used to with things. But I was in a class a couple of days ago with a girl who I honestly felt like turning to her and saying, have you been in that body for 30 years? <laughs> or, or are you trying a new oh, one on? Oh, question, yes, question, yes. question, Miss yes. Corbett. Paul Murray, uh, yes. Uh, What's the substantive difference between Pilates and yoga? Ah, see, Pilates, at least the one I do, I do it on the reformer, so it's on that contraption that looks like a medieval torture device. Oh, yes. So that you're doing it against resistance. So it's like weights, but you're doing things very slowly, so you're building long, lean muscles. So you're not just doing, like when you do sort of, you know, weights and stuff, you're doing big squats, so you tend to get quite short, fat muscles. Yes. So uh, Pilates is about building the strength of your muscles both ways, so it lengthens them. Whereas yoga is more of a stretching kind of meditation thing. So right. it's not against resistance. You're using your own body, but you're basically stretching things out more than anything. Thank God, because I've gone 38 years pretending to know the difference. <laughs> okay, and well, now I actually Well, know. there you go. So Pilates, you know, there is sometimes a wee bit of coordination on these machines. But, you know, if you've got a general grasp, I mean, if you can catch a ball, you can work a Pilates you're reformer. You're in the fight. You're in the fight, you know. But this woman who, and I'm no great sporting, you know, I've got no great sporting prowess. But you've got a core to die for. <laughs> I've got a good core, that is for sure. Seriously. I mean, I was talking to 2.0 <laughs> after the show last week. He said, look, I, a lot of yep, yep, but I put up with the core. <laughs> I love that core. Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au.
Rach, have you ever got yourself into a scenario where you end up following somebody on Facebook or Instagram? They're a friend. Mm. They'll notice if you undo them. Mm. But dear God, you want to undo them. You just, you just, I mean, this is the constant talk about how amazing their family is. Everything's amazing. Everything's happy. Everything's smiley. There's something so fake about it. And I don't know if it's because we're roughly the same age. You could say we're sort of potential competitors, but not really. Yeah. I don't know if it's like, it shits me because it's too similar to my life. I don't know. But mm. here's, I need to be very open with you. Yeah, yeah, Of please. my behaviour on on the Instagram or the Twitter, mm. do you get any sense of that? Am I out there sort of no. over-douching anything? No, but there's plenty of people out there over-douching. Let me give you a little thing that I have started to do, which was a tip from somebody, and it is equal parts useful and seemingly very cruel. So, you know, you have a whole bunch of friends that you haven't seen in ages and going through and unfriending, unless you're being assaulted, your eyes are being daily assaulted by these douchey things, you forget about it. You know what? Somebody told me a neat little trick and that is that each day you'll get birthday reminders from people to indicate who in your friend list has birthdays. And those birthday reminders are also a great reminder of people you've never spoken to and you would like to unfriend. So when birthdays pop up, my way of saying happy birthday is not to post on their wall if I haven't seen them in a while or I think that they need to be sort of culled. I unfriend them. That's brilliant. (laughs) You're listening to Paul and Rach. Oh, Rach, just, oh, God. Sometimes people need to be reminded that they are just but one of 23, 24 million people who live in this country, right? Yeah. Now, as you know, Telstra, who are a future sponsor, <laughs> as yeah. So they're going through this thing where their data's been dying in the ass the past few days. It's happened again today. Anyway, I've just noticed a member of the Canberra Press Gallery who's written to at Telstra News... Uh, my phone still isn't working, so you don't appear to have completely resolved the issue, have you? Three outages in the past few weeks. Compensation? Question mark. This is the new I can't be f- waiting on hold for 45 minutes, so I'm just going to tweet direct. There is so... I cannot stand tweeting your grievances to companies. It's like, okay, like like I get it, you're shitty, all the rest of it. It is very annoying to lose data in this data world and yeah. it's hard to explain to people that the internet is a tool, not a toy. Yes. You know, like my grandparents would go, what? What What? what great toughness. We had World War Two. <laughs> you didn't have 4G for the afternoon. Please, tell me more. Get the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. And that's our little radio show, our podcast, if you will. Thank you very much for listening to us today. Five-star shout-outs. We'll get to them next week because guess what? We just got hit by the Telstra internet outage. <laughs> <laughs> and just literally we bag and we have a go. Get quick, let's jump, jump on the internet. Guess what? It's not working. Not happening. Uh, so what have we had as a little safe word? Uh, and please do head to iTunes too and give us a little shout-out um, and we'll give you a shout-out on the potty like next week. What could we do this week? Hmm. Oh, I know. We're going to do Easter show. Easter show. All righty. Today's story is called Dinner for Three. Oh, at the Easter show. (laughs) I was newly single after going out with the same bloke for a couple of years. Sex with him was always him just jumping on top of me, pumping away for a few minutes, then rolling off and snoring. Jeez, what a technician. (laughs) I was keen to try something new. So when this hot babe, Julie at work, asked me to her and her boyfriend's place for dinner, I said, yeah, thinking they might set me up with someone. Turned out I was their only guest. And they were setting me up, only not the way I thought. 
Suspense. After a few wines, I was checking out Julie and her fella Todd with their nice tans and hot bods and thinking what a cool couple they were. When Todd went for a walk to buy some more wine, Julie just came out with it and said she fancied me and would, would I like to join her and Todd in the bedroom. I thought about it for half a second and nodded. So when Todd got back, we were already naked and sprawled out on their big four poster. Oh, yes. Even though I'd never Easter showed an Easter show before, I was keen to try it. So I carefully Easter showed Julie's Easter show and started to Easter show on her Easter show to Easter show. The oh, gross, the Easter show and Easter show of it and her moans soon made my Easter show flow. (laughs) So when Todd manoeuvred himself behind me and... Easter show, Easter show down my yuck, 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 yuck. Ooh, I can't wait for you to read this after the potty. <laughs> I backed up a bit and, oh, goodness, Ooh, Easter show. The harder he Easter showed me, the harder I Easter showed my Easter show across Julie's Easter show. Oh, whoa. <laughs> we all came, oh, we all. Oh, hang on. <laughs> hang on. I thought it meant like came along. You, you almost know? metaphorically went early then. <laughs> uh, we all or Easter showed within a couple of minutes of each other and for the rest of the night we tried to get every posse three people could get into. I found I really enjoyed having both of Easter show and an Easter show to play with and now I drop over whenever I'm feeling horny. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I wonder what the show bag for that would be. Oh, sticky. <laughs> See you next week. Ta-da. You're listening to Paul and Rach. I am the eye of a tiger. La, na, 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 na. I am a champion. Shut up.